Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollack, cybersecurity attorney at Whiteford, Taylor, and Preston. As always, happy to have you back. Keep those questions, those calls, those comments coming, 410-917-5189, or email me at spollock, that's P-O-L-L-O-C-K, at WTPlaw.com. So today I want to talk about a recent federal court decision that came out that further weakened the attorney work product protections when, after a breach, counsel retains a forensic firm on behalf of a client to perform the forensic investigation and then produce a report. So just a quick briefer about attorney work product protection. Everybody knows about the attorney-client privilege, right? So all conversations between an attorney and client are going to be privileged and protected. But there's also the work product protection. Now, the work product protection basically says that if uh, work, reports, notes are done in anticipation of litigation and at the behest of an attorney, those should receive these same protections as are available under the attorney-client privilege, with some caveats. Now, before Capital One, the Capital One case with Mandian, the work product protection had always extended after a data breach when external counsel retained uh, incident response firm to come in on the client's behalf to work the forensics, figure out the cause, figure out what was impacted, and write a report. This is obviously very important because Sometimes these reports have information that could be adverse to the client and you don't want to be discovered if they're sued down the road or if a regulator could potentially come in and start asking questions or ask for the report. After Capital One, though, because in the Capital One case, they basically said, based on the facts in that matter, the work product protection did not apply and forced Capital One to produce the report by their incident response firm. So in this past week, a similar situation occurred, but more broad. In this specific case, a law firm, after a breach, had retained an incident response firm on behalf of the client. Incident response firm comes in and they do the investigative report, or investigation, forensic, and write a report. The plaintiff, subsequently, the company is sued in data breach litigation. The plaintiff wants to have this report produced. Obviously, the attorneys claim attorney claim the work product protection. And the court came in and said, no, that does not apply here. Specifically, they said that this incident response form or any after a incident would be required regardless of the attorney being involved or not. And that this wouldn't be in the anticipation of litigation. Further, the court stated that the incident response firm would be working directly with the IT for IT department with the company, which further weakens the argument for the work product protection. Work, doc- work product doctrine. The implications of this is uh, very broad and a bit scary for people in my position as breach coaches because obviously we want a thorough investigation. We want a thorough report to provide the client with these findings so we can know what happened and what we can do moving forward. 
But now the question is, do we recommend reports? The fear is that now if we do recommend reports, are they discoverable moving forward? And I've always believed that the court, there is a large disconnect between regulators and the court and plaintiff attorneys and the practical aspects of a data breach. So a data breach is not like normal day-to-day operations. You don't have months to prepare. You literally have minutes or an hours or hours. Very, very fast. You have to respond very quickly. And if you don't respond quickly, the harms continue to increase. And so bringing an external counsel who then retains these incident response firms on your behalf, if not done quickly, increases your harms. So unlike other reports that are created by a company not related to data breaches and the work done not related to data breaches, this work will cause irreparable harm if it's not done very quickly. And now the court's belief that this is almost regular business and they don't seem to care about the practical aspects of a data breach really neglects these harms that come from a data breach. And it places clients in a position and organizations in a position to almost now determine that nothing they do will be protected, as is the usual case in these situations. And I really wish the court could get involved in a data breach and understand the practical nature that you have to move quickly and you want findings to be protected and have the same protections that are afforded to other companies in not a similar situation, but in other times when it is anticipation of litigation. Because I promise you, every time I get involved in a breach, it is anticipation of litigation. I always think that there will be litigation and I respond accordingly, just like when I'm brought in in any other situation. And it's unfortunate that the court is placing organizations in these positions that they're not going to receive those same protections. But thus is the world of cyber and thus is the world of privacy and how it's the Wild West out there. And it's so new. And these questions are going to be tackled and these precedents are going to be set. And we're going to have to adapt and respond to it accordingly. And I do hope the court gets around to recognizing the practical aspects of this. But that does it for today. Hoping to bring in a couple good speakers moving forward. Uh, call me, email me with questions, 410-917-5189 or spollock at wtplaw.com. Thanks for stopping by. Have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks.